can you imagine? It feels like yesterday, and you know, I've always um, didn't. I, I never quite understood when uh, the elderly folk would tell you, ah, you know, enjoy and appreciate every moment because it just goes past in in a flash of time, you know. And um, so now, when I look back, I think, wow, I can still remember. It's like you know, it's actually it's like literally at the back of my head. It's you know, you not just think back to it, but it's tangible. You know, you can still smell the 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 grass on the stadium, you know, still feel the atmosphere. So, yes, it, it went past quickly, but I think um, that's interesting to see as to some of the players still playing. So, you, you know, you start to consider, wow, you know, it's um, um, 10 years. feels like a lifetime, but it has gone and moved on so quickly. I like that you say that it's, it still feels very tangible. So, so try and take us back to the, maybe to the opening night. We know that it was a very famous win against England and, and maybe score aside because the record books will tell us about the score. I'd rather you tell us then about, you know, the, the feel in the team, the atmosphere. I mean, we had come out of a dreadful 2006. There probably wasn't that much expectation compared to what there'd been in, in previous campaigns gone by. So what was the feeling in the camp heading into the competition? Um, I remember we, we saw, um, uh, you know, Tata Madiba um, in France, actually, before the, the tournament started. And uh, that moment for us was quite, it was quite important because, you know, as a team, as you rightfully mentioned, you know, we've been through a lot of ups and downs. Um, and every player that was part of that team has had a personal story, you know, um, either with his relationship to the coach or with his journey as an individual or his personal life. So every player sort of like had his own character. Um, and so we were very, everyone bring this unique character to the team. And so when we got to fund, I think as much as the results may not have been there for the team, uh, we were very confident in our capability because a lot of people don't know this, but our journey towards that World Cup started literally um, Jake's first uh, speech on the job to us as a squad. You know, this was way back in 2004. Uh, so when we got that, it was just it was a systematic process. We had a good uh, build-up, good planning before beforehand. Um, the, the tour that we had done prior to the World Cup was also a significant one. Um, Eddie Jones came in, uh, you know, so the whole the whole system was just different. And so as we went through the process step by step, I think uh, the, the opening game, the start of the World Cup for us, it was just a matter of taking one game at a time, getting over this hurdle, over that hurdle, and, you know, appreciating everything that's going on. But it was a squad of very determined individuals that uh, had bought into an, an, an ideal, a vision that was set out in our very first team meeting. And so it, for us, it was literally a case of, all right, cool, let's now take the lid off. We've contained this dream for a while. Um, and let's let's let it let it out and let it be, and so others can see it and explore it. And as we grow and and move step by step, hopefully the confidence will then build up, not just amongst us, but also further towards the country. You know, you remember the right before the the final, how people were just flocking to 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 Paris. You know, <laughs> after the game or you know the week building up to the final, it felt like Paris felt like it was Pretoria or Joburg or Cape Town or Bloemfontein. You know could have been PE because everyone was just there. It was like Afrikaans spoken on the streets, Zulu Tosa spoken on the streets. So you felt like you were at home because the nation just sort of flocked uh, to France to come to come there. So it was an unbelievably um, life-altering journey, I suppose. 
I like the way you mentioned the determination because then if we get stuck into that first game, it, some might say that the uh, the win for South Africa may not have been such a shock, but I think then the, the scoreline itself would have suggested that there was a huge <laughs> shock there to, to come out on, on the opening night and, and take on a big nation, a, a fellow World Cup winning team as well, yep. and to walk away with a, a 36-0. I mean, that certainly silenced some critics. Oh, indeed, indeed. You know, but we, we you know, we, we had, if you can uh, think back to 2003, I mean, you know, we had a score to settle. Uh, you know, they um, they were dominant in, in the 03 World Cup, and they've shown that they managed to beat us in Perth. Uh, but right in, in 2007, the year of the World Cup, we've beaten England twice at home. Uh, you know, it was quite significant scores also, if you think about it. I think we played them in, in, uh, in the first one was in Bloemfontein. I think the second one was in... in uh, Victoria, if I'm not mistaken, but needless to say, we gave them quite a, a, a threshing at home. So, uh, yes, I think, you know, if you look in light of it's England um, and the scoreline, people may sort of, you know, uh, sentimental, uh, put some sentimental value to the team, but they weren't really the, the team that they were in the previous World Cup or leading up to the World Cup. You know? So the scoreline was more a reflection to us of where we are as opposed to how poor England were at the time. Um, so, so, yeah, the scoreline, it said nothing about England as a team. It said everything about us as South Africa in terms of we needed to have a convincing victory over the English. Just to solidify uh, to ourselves that what we believe and who we believe we are is actually who we are as opposed to us just, you know, living with our heads in the cloud and not uh, nothing realistic out on the field, you know. So it was a good confidence booster. And it just, um, I suppose, reinforced that belief that, you know, and also sometimes as sportsmen, you know, you, you need you need little signs, you know, to allow you to still feel because, you know, we sort of, you know, seesaw, as they say, you know, emotions is very high, very low, all over the place. And so we always need a reinforcement. And I think that game, that scoreline was arguably it came at the right time, the right moment for a group of people that just needed to know, yes, we can do it. Was this arguably then one of the most uh, physically testing World Cup campaigns for any nation? Because I'll park the USA victory, 64-15 was very casual on the day, but I'm more concerned about the, the taking on Tonga, and I remember Bob Skinsett captaining that match in a very tight win over Tonga, to then play Fiji in the quarterfinals as well, to have Samoa in the mix. How often will one nation come up against three Pacific Island teams in the same World Cup campaign? I mean, talk about bruising. Do you remember the JP's tackle there in the, in the, in the corner on the Fijians? You know, that was the determination that was required. Um, and yes, you're right. I mean, we played Tonga um, and it didn't go so well. We had a number of changes to the team going into that game. So, And you're going in week in and week out and you really play physically tough opponents. But that's what a World Cup is all about. Um, and so I think for us, it was a case of we always knew based on the draw that these are games that we should win. Why do I say that? Is We were confident enough that we we were better than the teams that we were drawn up against. Regardless of where we were the, the year before or you know, coming into the World Cup, we knew as a group that yes, we are better than them. So we have to go all the way through to the playoffs. And that will be the group stages will be the confidence that we require in order to get to the playoffs and be at a maximum of confidence level. 
Um, you know, so so as we went through it, we just went day, uh, game after game, um, and it was tough. Uh, yeah, but that's what World Cups is about. It's you know, it's, it's supposed to be tough and test you to your very limit because you can so easily think, ah, oh, you know, I'm playing Samoa, I'm playing Tonga, um, you know, and, and yeah, relax a little bit, and the next thing you find that you know you end up losing a game. Um, and we didn't want it, wanted that to happen, uh, so that's why I think the group stages was really something that we we just went at it hard, um, and then we knew in the playoffs anything can happen. How was the feeling then going into that uh, semi-final? Because if you take a look at the results, I mean, yes, you mentioned that the uh, the Tonga result didn't really go your way, but it was convincing against England, it was convincing against the USA. Uh, Fiji might, some might say, 17 points were in the clear as well. So all of a sudden now you realize that you are 80 minutes away from a, a World Cup final. And I think for a team that then, as you mentioned, arguably didn't have the, the greatest build-up to the competition, to now be one game away from a final staring down Argentina, who at that time were really starting to, to find their feet on the world rugby stage as well. Take us back to that semi-final. Uh, you know when you, when you are nervous, but yet uh, there's a, a, a sense of complacency in that I'm nervous, but I know what the outcome is going to be. Uh, you know, so it's, it's that. It's it's a case of you so hardly want, or you, you're trying so hard to, to, to make this, because I always say that it's, it, you know, destiny is, is this virtue that, you know, we can't touch, we can't see, but we believe it, you know, we, 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 we all buy into it, and it's just something that's uh, transcendental, it's in the air, it's there, you know, and you walk past each other and you feel, you know, destiny pulls us towards each other. That's where we were as a team. We, we, we felt that we were destined to win this World Cup. And when New Zealand lost, uh, the way in which they lost, and then you look at how it's going to be, who we're going to play, who, when we started doing the equation, we, we realized that, you know, it's like the, the rugby gods are now aligning all the forces in our favor. So it was just a process again. And yes, it was nail-biting, but we were confident we, we 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 were confident or at least i was confident and i think that was something that was uh, a feeling or, or view that was shared by everyone um, that was part of that of that group and then strangely as the odds would have it then the two teams that opened up the competition in the group stages would then come and, and meet once again in the final a far tighter affair as one would imagine in a final and uh, yeah. our Percy Montgomery and obviously a young France staying there really coming to yeah. the fore and we had a 20 year old kid kicking essentially the you know the World Cup winning points for, for a team and I, I imagine much like 1995 where things were so tight and there were no tries uh, that must have been nail biting second for second watching Percy and France then you know, <laughs> share penalty for penalty can you imagine coming all the way from the opening game to the final to to to, to be up against um, almost the, uh, literally the same team, and you end up getting it so close? Um, you know, just uh, that's where the doubt comes in. That's when you start to think twice. Hey, maybe you know, maybe this thing which I call destiny, and maybe you know, yeah, we're confident all of it, but. Uh, I think it was Mike Tyson that said, you know, every boxer has a plan until he gets punched in the nose, you know. Um, and I think that's where we were. We we believed we can do it. And all of a sudden, boom, you get a shock. You know, yeah, England come. And that's the power of sport and rugby, you know, to, to be more particular to what we're talking about. But it's that where one team can literally, when the context changes, 
the team and what they put on the field, that changes completely. And I think um, in the final, this was like a team we've never played before. Um, yeah, you, you just saw the, 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 the commitment levels. You saw the way they played. They, you know, they went out there and they played uh, above themselves. Um, so they, it, it was it was a, a solid game, solid final, and for us it was it was you know challenging challenging our beliefs and our values and our commitment to ourselves, to the nation, and whether or not we, we can do it. And it was it was tough winning it away from home. You know, if you look at, at, at from that perspective, being there. But I, I suppose that when you are in France and you getting ready for a final, and you walk down, down the streets of Paris, and people are ordering their coffees and their beers, um, and then they come and sit, and you hear Afrikaans, like I said earlier, you know, you, you hear all of the South African languages being spoken whilst you're sitting um, on the Saint-Gelysee. That's when you realize, Mandela, he knew something when he said, sport has the power to change the world. Um, you know, it, it can do what no government can. Uh, it, 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 that's when you realize what he was referring to. And to be able to just be part of that, to be able to to be there and, you know, you could cut the tension with the knife. You know, it's like to be part and feel and, and sense and experience this. Uh, you can't but be hopeful, you know. And so when we talk about the finals and it gets pushed till the very end, you're sitting there, now you've got two nations who's playing on foreign soil, uh, both really desperately wanting to win this, um, and supporters have come out. and you know, That's when, I think, as, as players, that's when we start to, to say to ourselves, you know, if ever it's going to be, it's going to be up to me. And when you take that uh, authority as an individual, when you take such accountability, you are willing to get up quicker off the ground. You're willing to work harder. You're willing to us. I mean, us, you know, hardly had any knees left, you know. He was an old puppy man. But us scrummed every scrum. He ran as hard as he could. He made the tackles, worked hard to get back. All of a sudden, you see this coming out, this side of, 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 of humanness coming out. And it's unbelievable. It's beautiful to watch. So, yeah, what a moment, what a game, what a final, what a series, what a tournament, you know. And, Ash, what about the, the lessons? So often we speak about legacy, and if you're ever going to leave a legacy, doing so with the World Cup trophy uh, is certainly going to help that cause. I mean, it's ironic now that Alistair Kutsia, who was then part of that camp, is now, some might say, finally, you know, at the helm of, of Springbok rugby. So I wonder if his time 10 years ago may have any influence on the Springboks today. But even the classes that then followed from 2007 onwards, I mean, do you guys feel that as a, as a unit, as a team, as a class of 2007, you, you, you left a legacy and some lessons that generations further on would learn by? So when we talk legacy, I think legacy um, in its very nature, you're talking about big word, and I don't think any one of us look at ourselves and say, oh, wow, you know, we've left the legacy. I think we rather, as a squad, recognize that we were given uh, a mandate to go out there and represent our nation. Uh, you get one shot at that. So just leave everything on the field. Leave everything there. So give whatever you possibly can because you may never get this chance. And I think if you ask me in terms of legacy, I think the fact that we were able to win 
to make people believe that they can actually do something. I think it's more important than anything else. If you want to truly uh, empower people, is to give them the, to assist them to mentally see themselves as the best. And that in and of itself will allow you to cross barriers, will allow you to, to do things that is unimaginable. And for us, I think if there's anything that we have achieved, I, I would like to believe is that we have been able to go against all odds and win on a foreign land and make everyone see that it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, or where you come from. The moment will define you. We rose to the occasion, and the moment defined us. And I'm convinced that the lessons that we've learned, because as you, as you go through a process, there's lessons, you know, um, that you learn in any process. I, I fundamentally believe that those lessons, the virtues, the values, I think that's embedded into the DNA of an Alastair Kutsi. He was an integral part of the 2007 World Cup squad. We are 10 years later. He's now at the helm of the next generation. And I firmly believe that what we went through as a squad is embedded in, in his philosophy as a coach. Because he's been there, he's seen this. He's, he's, he's seen the whole movie. And, and so... I'm comfortable and confident today when I, when I see a Sia Kulisi making speeches after the game, when I see the interaction between the boys on the field, when I see how the captain, Warren Whiteley, uh, comes out and addresses the crowds, when I see the transition from a Warren to an Ibn Etzabit, how smooth that, that, that happens. Uh, when I look at how we bounce back after having been dismal in 2016 to all of a sudden five wins on the, on the trot, uh, losing against Italy away from home, now drawing um, last week, for example, against Australia in Australia. I am, am very, very pleased to know that perhaps, just perhaps, perhaps what we have managed to achieve in 2007, perhaps the lessons learned from there can assist Alistair in ensuring that he creates a team, a squad of this generation that will be able to surpass any record that has been set by any generation before them. Um, and as a, as a people, as a country, we must look at this team, this squad, and recognize that if in 95 we were able to unite a nation through a game, if in 2007 we were able to conquer the world away from home, then perhaps at this point in 2017, perhaps the team needs us to believe in them more than what we've done ever before because we have no reason as a nation, as a people, to think or believe that we cannot do it. We've proven that before. And now is the time that I think even the 27, 2007 squad if us as a team can start to perhaps assist in this process of making it more tangible, making the players recognize they can do it, seeing that, listen, it is genuinely possible. You guys can go out there and achieve all of these things. And, and I think we would have, we, I think we would have done a, a, a great job. But 
You know, it's just remarkable to think that a person can live such a life. And I feel, I feel so humbled every day by having been able to live this life, to be quite honest. Uh, I mean, I think back to the days when, you know, it was just but a dream, nothing more. It was just but a dream. It was, it was the impossible, the intangible. It was something that was sitting in a part of my brain that I can't see, touch or smell. But there was just a, there was a, a, there was a sense of knowing, you know, and don't ask me how, it's it's one of these uh, uh, things that I can't really wrap my, my head around. And then for that to translate into all of these wonderful moments on the field and culminate into a 2007 World Cup final, I think it's astronomical, man. It is, it is beyond what words can adequately describe. I can sit here and I can tell you many stories, and I will still not do justice to how lucky I feel to have been able to live this life and share it with a bunch of individuals.